Check, check, check. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Atkins Family Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins. And today, we are doing something slightly different. I am not accompanied by the usual suspects, Aubrey and Takia. Today will be a solo episode. I know it's the Atkins Family Podcast, but today it's going to be the Benjamin Atkins Podcast. I know we've been gone for a while, you know, dealing with Aubrey, having a now nine-month-old. Oh, yeah, it's a... It's something to behold. It's a lot of work. I can say that. Uh, It's a lot of work indeed. But I am thankful for Takia, who is always there for Aubrey. And I am thankful for Aubrey, who is always there for us. Making sure we get up early. Can't sleep in anymore. Which is, oh man, that's that's annoying. Um, Even though I get up pretty early for work. There are some days where I don't work the normal hours of like a six to four, I get up in the afternoon or I get up in the evening. I work all three shifts within a six day period. So that's interesting. But nonetheless, I digress. I'll get off my soapbox. So today, what shall we be discussing? Um, I've recently been going through a book of meditations uh, trust me, it's nothing like anti-Christian or anything, just fruit for thought, if I'm saying that correctly. But what I wanted to talk about today was, um, first let me talk about what the book stated. It was a meditation for September 13th or 14th, I can't remember, but it was within the last couple of days. And the, the title of this entry in the book. It's a book of 366 meditations for the entire year. The title of this entry was the person with the greater need comes first. And basically this book is a bunch of entries from different people. Basically it's kind of like journal entries or nonetheless, and people get to read them and think about what other people said. And hopefully these entries add value to your life, things like that. The usual. And on this entry, the person basically put forth the notion that in relationships, the biggest idea that you should have in relationships is that the person with the greater need comes first. Um, they went on to say about, uh, like, for example, if you went to visit someone in the hospital, that is not the time for you to start talking about, oh, yeah, now my car notes passed due or I just got this new job or, you know, whatever else comes to mind in those instances it is not the time to talk about your problems or your victories that is a time for you to listen and be there for the other person and the person um the writer of this entry said that you know if we practice this this idea practice practice this ideology of the person with the greater need comes first it will make our time in relationships much easier and, you know, in this podcast, we specifically talk about the marriage relationship, but it is not only relegated to that. We can expand it to so much more. And I will be talking specifically about marriage because that is the thing that weighs the heaviest on my mind. And that is the thing that I'm currently growing in the most. And for me, this entry, entry really... uh 
really spoke to me in a profound way, specifically regarding the part of putting someone else before you. Uh, my wife constantly tells me that I struggle with selfishness, that she says that I am a selfish person. And that that hits home a lot, especially considering the fact that that is something that I do not believe that I am. But I can tell you that my wife is not someone who tends to say things out of spite and she's very introspective and she's able to put things together about other people that they might not be able to put together about themselves. She's currently going through a master's program to become a counselor. So things of this nature, I write up her wheelhouse. So when she says things, while she may not believe I'm listening and she may not believe I take heed to the things that she says, they definitely have a profound effect on me, especially when they go against what I'm used to hearing about myself. And they go against about my preconceived notions about my behavior and how I come across to people. So in this instance, when I read this entry, the first thing I thought to myself was, you know, that is definitely a very key part to relationships, especially when we're talking about the marriage relationship, because, you know, as Takiya and I always preach and stress is that you must put the other person, other person before yourself. You must be, you must be, a servant first, you must be selfless, you know, embodying the same nature that Christ had for us. You know, this makes me think about the time when Christ washed, washed the uh, disciples' feet and he told them, you know, basically, you know, am I the person you look up to? Am I your king? Am I the savior? Well, if I have done this, then I expect you to do the same. I expect you to be in service of others, just like I have been in service of you. And not only was Christ in service of the disciples, but he was in service of all of mankind because we know ultimately it ends with Christ's death for the remission of sins and forgiveness so creation can be reconciled back to God. So, you know, when I think of that and I think of myself as a professing Christian and I think of all the issues that I have and all the problems that I bring into the marriage relationship and selfishness being one of them, even though I still struggle with myself in being able to identify those areas or at least be able to accept the fact that this, this behavior, this bad behavior that causes so much problems in my marriage, I am capable of exhibiting this behavior. Um, I always think to myself and I always try to avoid thinking to myself all the harm that I have done in the marriage relationship because of this evil and the instances where I try to do the things that are good and productive. It seems as though I do the things that are bad and destructive. I guess you could quote me on that, right? And the instances of things, in the instances of when I try to do things that are good and productive, I try to do the things that are bad and or I end up doing the things that are bad and destructive, similar to what Paul states, things that I wish I do not and the things that I do not, I end up doing. You know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, all right? So going back to the, the entry, right? Just... 
I think to myself as the husband, and one of the things that I believe or I've come to believe through my study of the husband's role in the relationship and just talking to other people and especially truly gathering and understanding the needs of not only my spouse, but other people that I am in relationship with, I, I can't help but notice all the pitfalls. And, you know, coming from me, which I do hold to the biblical standpoint of the husband is head of the household and the husband is, you know, is the head of the woman. I think for me, though, I don't think of that as a authoritative dictating figure. The first thing I think of is the fact that Jesus is the head of man and the head of Jesus is God. And you see this this level of secession from God down to man, down to children, down to servant in the Bible. And you see the fact that the amount of submission and service to the higher person is evident, uh, at least in that case. Um, we are called to submit to Christ. Christ submits to the Father, things of that nature. And you see how Christ and the Father are equal in essence, but yet there is still a submission within the Trinity. Even when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings back, brings to the mind what Christ has already spoken, what the Father has already declared, you know? So this level of submission, uh, the, the Son submits to the Father and the fact that he is willing to go to death in order to redeem creation and then you have the father then reciprocating not necessarily level of submission but there is a for lack of a better word a reward in return to the son the son understands that all of creation will then bow down to him everything was made for him and through him in that essence and you see this beautiful working of the trinity and the the relationship within the three distinct persons of the Trinity. And the biggest thing that stands out to me, especially from reading this entry, is the level of selflessness that each person has. You have the father willing to give his son for the saving of a creation that has turned against him. You have the son willing to give himself for the creation in submission to the very father that said he must go down and die for this, you know, wicked creation that has turned against God. And then you have the spirit then bringing to remembrance and helping us walk in the statutes and commandments of God. All these things. And I find myself hard pressed to find multiple or many situations where I've been able to show this behavior to my spouse or even been willing to show this behavior to my spouse because the level of selfishness that is in me is not always something that is unconscious. I have openly told Takiya that I have not done some things for her 
or for Aubrey because I did not feel like it. And that is a behavior that has to stop. That that sin nature in me that is greatly shown in selfishness is something that must be crucified along with the rest of my flesh. But on this podcast, of course, talking about selfishness in itself. And you know, also when I think about that being the head of the household, what type of example am I setting for the people that God has placed in my care here on earth? Am I truly showing the level of selflessness in service to others that Christ showed to the disciples, that Christ showed to the rest of creation? Am I truly being self-sacrificial in my willingness and eagerness to give myself to not only my spouse, but my family? Because I brought another person into this world also so that greatly increases the level of responsibility that lies upon my shoulders. And I really need to challenge myself to become better in this area. Um, my, my, my wife is definitely someone who has the ability to point out your flaws and show you the things that you need to work on in a gracious way. And over time, as you continue to not work on those things, it can <laughs> become less gracious. But I believe the intent at the end of the day is still the same thing. She wants me to become the man that God created me to be. And if I am not walking in that, her as a helpmeet, she is called to hold me accountable. And yeah, I, I can definitely, I definitely struggle with receiving the criticism, you know, fairly, but. I can't, if I'm being completely honest, I can say the criticism is fair. The criticism is definitely fair. Even in instances where I feel like I've done what I could do. Yes, every, every, every time I believe I've done something in an act of selflessness do i when i go back and revisit the situation can i honestly state that i've done everything that i could do can i honestly state that there was something else that could have been done can i honestly state honestly state that the level of selflessness that lies within me in any given situation is the most selflessness that I could have, especially when it comes to the responsibility of taking care of my wife, my daughter, my family as a whole. You know, these are the, I think, any husband, these are the questions that you need to ask yourself periodically to make sure that you are all ten. Make sure that you're doing as best as you can, because I know the example that Christ has put before us, that is an example that we could never achieve. I understand that as a believing Christian, because the Bible tells us so, but that does not mean that we are not called to strive for that end goal, to strive to be as close 
to Jesus Christ as possible. And we know when we're doing this, when we, we are intentional about feeding our spirit and not our flesh, and we are intentional about working towards the things of God and not working towards the things of man, we are intentional about renewing our mind with the word of God and practicing and walking in the statutes and commandments of God, we then grow closer in him and our faith is built up. So not only is it beneficial because God told us to do that, but it's beneficial for us because us as husbands, us as men, us as Christians, it's beneficial for us because we grow closer when we partake in the suffering that Christ partook in, in the ways we can, which one of those is the self selflessness, because we know in a lot of instances when we're putting others before ourselves, it comes to a detriment to ourselves. So that is a level of suffering that you can partake in. And the people around you, the people that you are called to be in care of, specifically talking to the husbands, those people benefit from it. And for all the professing Christians, the people that you are in relationship with benefit from that level of selflessness. I think going back to Jesus, because he is, you know, the ultimate example, everybody who came in contact with Jesus, everybody who got a chance to even just touch his robe benefited from his presence, the service that he had for his disciples. He was the leader of the group, but yet no one was able to outserve him. That service that he had was most definitely beneficial to the people around him. So now the question that, that I think of in this situation is, you know, how can I and how can we overcome the selfishness that lies within us? Some people struggle with this more than others, but I just think as man, we all have a level of selfishness that we must overcome, which is why I think service and selflessness was pushed so hard by Jesus during his time on this earth. And even the disciples showed this through their amount of sacrifice that they gave to the church and to the Christians that were under their care. Um, I think the first thing we have to acknowledge is the fact that there is this selfishness that is within us. We have this nature for some people, like I said, is more than others. But for all of us, I definitely think if we're being honest, we can all say that we struggle with selfishness from at least, you know, at least time you know, every now and again. Once we acknowledge this, we can then put to the test the biblical principles that are laid out before us and see if those things work. One of the first things that comes to my mind is just simply praying, asking God to help you, you know, with the grace of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit, through the process of sanctification, begin to remove this selfishness from you and walk in it. You know, I think a lot of times we believe that just prayer and asking God for something is all it takes to begin to be <sighs> delivered from sin. 
while our salvation is secured via Christ, there is a part that we play in sanctification. Uh, we all have free will and we have to decide to submit to what the Bible tells us to do. Decide and submit to what God tells us to do. Because at any time, any of us can decide to give in to the flesh, right? Or we can decide to give in to the spirit. So in instances where we are confronted with two situations or two decisions, one which shows a level of selflessness and the other which shows a level of selfishness, we decide to take the one which is most pleasing in God's sight. For me, comes down to how am I managing my household in the morning? Aubrey, I'm going to just tell you like this. Aubrey wakes up, not even that early, to be honest. Sometimes she'll wake up at 6, but for the most part, Aubrey wakes up between 8 and 10 a.m., depending on when she goes to sleep. And during this period, Aubrey decides to pull hair, you know, slap people in the face, move around, you know, she's doing everything to get the attention of her parents. Not only that, she's making a lot of noise. She has like this constant whine to get our attention. And as Takia has brilliantly pointed out to me, in such eloquent words, you're just going to ignore her. And I'm going to be the one to get up and have to either make her a bottle or now I guess we're feeding her along with giving her a bottle. So she says, you have the ability to ignore. That's where Aubrey gets her ability to ignore from. If you guys didn't know Aubrey, just if you ever been, if you ever have the blessing of being on a FaceTime with Aubrey, at least while she's at this young age, Aubrey tends to intentionally ignore the phone. And we know this because Aubrey, when there is no one on the phone or there is nobody on FaceTime trying to see her, she's all over the phone, all in the phone, trying to press it, put it in her mouth. But as soon as somebody calls, she's going to look at everything in the room except the phone. So this is how we know she has that ability to ignore. And Takia says that comes from me. I can neither confirm nor deny. I'll just let you take her at her word, given the fact that I said she's pretty good at calling these things out earlier in the podcast. So if you could put two, two and two together, I'll let you come to your own conclusion. But I digress. Anyway, so she wakes up and I have the ability to ignore. Can neither confirm nor deny. Just, okay, I, I can. I definitely tune it out. All right. <laughs> So I have the ability to tune out this noise. And Takiya, unfortunately, does not. She was born with, you know, the female mind. And she was the one that gave birth to Aubrey. So that, that motherly nature has been activated. And she does not have the ability to ignore Aubrey for extended periods of time like I do. Only when she's crying, though. So anyway, she'll, be, she'll eventually be the one to get up. For the most part, I definitely take part in the morning routine, but not nearly as much as I can or not nearly as much as I should, according to Takia. 
So Takia will be the one to get up and feed Aubrey, get her situated so she stops crying, turn on cartoons, etc., etc., etc. And this is a moment which I believe I am approving on. I am improving on. I am getting better at. But this is a chance for me to show that selfless nature and just get up and handle Aubrey myself. I can admit, you know, especially when I worked that the previous day, I'll have worked from four to midnight. So when I come home, you know, I will appreciate sleeping a little longer, but that's not always the case. So, but Takiya doesn't even sleep that much either because remember, she's the primary caretaker of Aubrey. So Takiya's going to school and she's dealing with Aubrey all day. So there's still, there's, there's definitely sacrifice on both sides. So that's, I'm not trying to say who has it worse than other than the other. I don't necessarily believe that at all. But anyways, that is definitely one area where I can show my level of selflessness. I can be of service to the family more. That is one thing I believe. If there's a need that needs to be met within the household that the husband can meet, we wish that, you know, both parents were meeting the needs equally. We wish that, you know, everything was perfect and honky-dory, but we, we understand that's not the case. So if there is a need that can be met, the first person that needs to meet that need if anybody, the first person is line, the first person in line is the head of the household, which I like the better terminology to be the chief servant. Because remember, Jesus washed the feet. He was trying to show an example. He was trying to prove a point. Okay. Leadership and authority and headship does not mean you're a dictator, does not mean you just point and command. That means you are called to the highest level of service. So in that instance, that is a place where I have dropped the ball and I definitely need to improve. Uh, let's go to another one. I am the primary cook of the house, which doesn't bother me at all. Uh, but even with that, I can say that I can still do more. Like, for example, I cook, but I hate cleaning up after I cook, especially if I'm cooking at night. I think me and Takiya both both do the same thing when it comes to that. We don't really clean up after we cook. We'll just end up cleaning up the next time we have to cook. Um, the only problem with that is when I leave for the next day, Takiya is then left with a dirty kitchen in which she, in which she has to navigate along with a child. At least if I was to be the one to cook, I can clean the kitchen without having to worry about Aubrey crawling up my leg or Aubrey crying in the living room because she can't see anybody. All these things must come into play because if, if I'm being completely honest, nobody wants to try to do housework with a nine-month-old screaming or a nine-month-old trying to crawl on your back or a nine-month-old trying to follow you everywhere especially when you're doing cleaning and you work you may be working with chemicals things like that they just make the process much more cumbersome so in this effect 
I'm essentially leaving Takia with a lot more work than she should have to deal with because I need to be cognizant of the fact that everything that she has to do, she has to do accompanied with a nine-month-old. Usually, for the most part, I am able to work free of Aubrey because Takia handles that responsibility. So whenever I'm doing housework, whenever I'm cleaning the kitchen, whenever I'm doing laundry on the rare occasion, right? <laughs> oh, Takia, what she let me hear about that. Anyways, whenever I'm doing any of things, any of these things, Aubrey is essentially occupied by Takia. So it makes my job much easier. And I need to make sure I'm reciprocating the favor in any which way I can. Takia is never the never complains about having to be the primary caretaker of Aubrey. Takia's chief complaint is that I'm not doing what I need to do. Right. Am I helping out as much as I can? Being the sole provider for a family and taking care of the family is not all that needs to be done. I think a lot of husbands miss this fact. The reason why your wife still complains, even though you put a roof over her head and you pay most of, if not all the bills, is because there is more that goes into marriage than simply being a provider. Being a provider is very important. The Bible says that he who does not take care of his family is an infidel or less than an infidel. Anyways, right? So you get the point. We understand that provision is key, but you are called to do more things than just provide. In Ephesians, you're called to love your life, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Christ did Christ did provide, you know, the path to salvation. But Christ provided so much more than just salvation. Christ is so much more than just somebody who made who died so I can be forgiven of my sins. So we have to be cognizant of that fact. Because Christ didn't just die, right? And then, okay, cool. Everything else, though, you got to figure it out on your own. Christ didn't just die and then didn't send somebody else, you know, to help us out with this. Christ didn't just die and then just left mankind to fend for themselves. You know, Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and Christ is constantly pleading on our behalf. So what are we doing as husbands besides just providing? You know, how are we loving our wives in more ways than one? Because I know for me, I can I can show many examples of the way my wife makes my life so much easier. All I got to do is work, cook, do some cleaning, you know, manage the finances. Right. All these things make makes life so, so, so much easier for me. So how am I doing that for my wife in return? And if you as a husband. Now, I can't say like, oh, yeah, this is scripture, this, this, that, and the third. But hear me out. If you as a husband can say that you and your wife are both equally contributing to the marriage relationship and you or your wife are both, you know, handling things in an equal manner, I will challenge you. I implore you to do more. 
right? As the leader of the household, don't settle for both of you guys equally contributing, right? And I'm not saying like, I think try to hear the, the, the message, right? I'm challenging husbands to step up and do more above and beyond exceedingly and abundantly more for your spouse, for your family, right? And then we're not doing this to eliminate any excuses or to eliminate any complaints from your spouse because that is impossible. There's always going to be something. But I want husbands to do this so that we're always in a position of putting others before ourselves. We're always striving for that ultimate glory. We're always striving to please God in the best ways that we know how. And since we know that Jesus was perfect and that's what we're supposed to strive for, even though we'll never meet it, that means we must try our best. We must go above and beyond because, you know, if to be honest, if you're in a relationship and you feel like, all right, I've done enough, not only have you not done enough, but you might want to check yourself and look in the mirror because you've probably gotten complacent. You've probably gotten comfortable with the status quo. And in this world, the status quo is never appropriate because we're, we're in a fallen world and we need to constantly, 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 daily crucify ourselves, right? So in that instance, trying to provide as much value and trying to be the best husband you can be and trying to grow, grow, grow in that image of Christ, I believe is paramount to not only improving the marriage relationship, but it's paramount to becoming all that God created you to be. I would say another instance, right? Um, Aubrey has had a a series of health issues, nonetheless. She's not going to die or anything, but we have had to make a couple emergency room visits and make a couple of urgent care visits for uh, some things. And in these instances, Takia is 100% the caretaker that will take her to the emergency room or urgent care and will be by her side the entire time. Primarily because COVID, you know, one parent rule right now, right? But she doesn't always have to be the one to take her, which would mean I will be, I can take her and I can be the one at the hospital. Sometimes, you know, she is taking her while I was at work and things like that. So I understand uh, that situation. But once again, if I'm being completely honest with myself, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I have not stepped up to the plate in that manner. Takia has openly stated that she has felt overwhelmed when it comes to managing the household along with school and along with Aubrey. Whether or not I feel this, though, her burdens are as heavy as they should be on her. That is besides the point. That doesn't matter. My wife has presented a need that has to be met. 
either she's going to burn herself out and that's the way the need will be met or it simply won't be met in that case. Or I'm going to step up and do what I have to do to make sure the chief complaints of my spouse are being rectified. Right. And it doesn't make me her God. It doesn't make me the fixer of everything. But if it is in my control, then I definitely believe that I am called to step up and do what is necessary. And that is something that I have not done being completely and openly honest. Hopefully, you know, those of you that are listening will be helped by this because if you're dealing with the same issues, trust me, you're not the only one. And, you know, what are some of the reasons why I may not have been as selfless as I should have been in the past? What are some of the reasons why I may not have taken out the trash in that instance, or I may not have done the dishes in that instance, or I might not have simply moved the clothes from the washer to the dryer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What are these reasons? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I think me as a provider, yes, that can go to your head. And that is bad because not only now I do 100 percent believe that Takia, the job of a stay at home wife and the job of being the primary caretaker of a nine month old and the job of managing the household, making a turn the house into a home is 100 percent a hard job and it is definitely fulfilling the role of a wife. So I am by no means going to discount what she has done. What I am going to say, what I am trying to put forth is, and my thinking of being the provider of the household, I have tried to diminish or not diminish, but I have tried to decrease the responsibility that I believe lies in my hands. In this, I have then... I have then simultaneously justified my lack or unwillingness or inability, whatever the case may be in the given situation, because I believe that all of those have come into play in the past, you know, two and a half, three years, right? I have simultaneously justified that um, not meeting that need. I have simultaneously justified my sin in nature, right? Because I think, um, no, I think I know for me, when I read the Bible, it tells us all these things. And I think there are a lot of people who come victim to this, but it tells us all these things, especially for the men. There are, there's great responsibility that lies on our shoulders, right? As the leaders, there's great responsibility, right? And we, or let me say me, and if you agree, great. If you don't, great. But I know I'm not the only person out there. That's one thing I've realized. If you have this issue, you are not the only one. But as I said, I tend to, uh, you know, do some things, take some things out, right? I love my wife like Christ. I'll say, oh, well. You know, X, Y, and Z constitutes loving my wife like Christ loved the church. But in reality, it means so much more, right? Basically, 
limiting the amount of responsibility I place on myself is sin. Because I'm not following the full, you know, I'm not following the full uh, commands of God. I'm not following all of scripture. I'm picking and choosing what I will and will not do. And then also, even if I can justify from a scriptural standpoint, just from the text that is given to us, because we know some things aren't plainly stated, like it doesn't say, hey, to love your wife, you must take out the trash. To be selfless, you must wash the dishes every night. This is a, I think here comes in wisdom in the level of conviction that the Lord gives each and every individual. So have I ever, which leads me to thinking, have I ever been convicted of not doing something and then I never did it, which is a resounding yes, right? Uh, there's been times when I knew, oh man, I should have just cooked it or I should have stayed up longer or I should have spoke with my wife about this issue or whatever the issue may be. And I still went ahead and did not do what was necessary in that instance. That that feeling in my gut where I know, okay, hold on, I I, I should have did something different or I should have did this, I should have did that. I ignored that feeling, that conviction, and I went on ahead and I fed my flesh. Right. I went on ahead. I fed my flesh and I did not do what I was supposed to do. A lot of the times I think us as Christians, we know what we're supposed to do at the end of the day. A lot of these things are written on our hearts. We know what's right and what's wrong. We know we should have did that and we should not have done that. And even though some of us can justify our actions via scripture by diminishing the scope of what scripture covers which is honestly that's what i believe happens when we're able to justify certain things and we know it's not right because we like we can play word games we can we can be contextual to a degree which is detrimental to the walk of the faith right all these things that's what happens we're diminishing what that scripture is talking about in instances um so whenever that happens and i'm i'm trying to justify these things that is sin and that needs to be corrected and i need to bring that forth in this instance in this podcast that's exactly what i'm doing and i'm going to hold myself accountable along with my wife who i know is going to hold me accountable so that's the first thing i tend to justify my selfishness by diminishing the scope of what scripture teaches and tells me to do however way i call it theological gymnastics however way i ration that in my mind i can do that uh i can argue against those convictions right which is just plain sin that's what it is that's exactly what it is what else how else or why do, or why would I not be as selfless as I could be? I think another big thing is just, it's, it's laziness or taking the easy way out. Um, one thing I know for me is throughout my life, I've, I've been 10, I, 
I have tended to take the road more traveled, right? And we know the Bible warns against that. And uh, the the road to heaven, for lack of a better, I can't remember the exact verse, but the Bible speaks of the road. The road that you need to travel is narrow, and the gates straight to hell is wide, and that road is frequently traveled, right? So the Bible speaks to that. And in my instance, the road that has been traveled more is basically the road of the easier option. And we're not even talking about whether or not to follow Christ or not, things like that. I'm talking about before I was even saved, I would just take the easy way out. Um, you know, we're talking about situations where it's more a thing of wisdom and less the thing of sin, right? So in those cases, for example, coming up in high school, I vividly remember doing less work because I knew I could still pass even with the um, the grade that I had, even though the grade that I had was nowhere near a representation of my cognitive ability. But I guess it definitely was a representation of my work ethic, at least in that instance, because the grade was definitely subpar. Like, for example, I got my high school transcripts right here. Like, I took Spanish, got a D. That's simply because I wasn't doing work. Algebra 2, I took three times. I got a D in that thing twice. So, you know, things like that. I was, I knew that even with Ds, I could graduate high school because a D still counted as credit. But was a D at any way a representation of what I could have gotten in the class? No. But that was the easier way out. And what I have learned, if you don't deal with issues when they're less detrimental to your life, even though they are a detriment, that is just that behavior is just going to transcend to every other area of your life. Takiya has pointed this out to me time and time again. You thank Takiya for all the wisdom that seems to be spilling from my mouth, right? <laughs> Anyways, if you do not handle that in one area, it's just going to transcend to every other area. And if it's an issue like taking the easier way out, that can have dire effects on the rest of your life because that was just high school. I think I graduated with like a 2.4 GPA and I needed one more like in my senior year. I needed to get credits for an English class and I got like a 61. I was one class from graduating and I got a 61 in it. So I was 2% away from not graduating that year, which is not acceptable. But once again, I trained, I started to train myself to do less take the easier way out and I reaped exactly what I sold. I sold a level of apathy and unwillingness and wanting to do enough just to get by or sometimes even doing nothing, not enough to get by, but by the grace of God, I managed to get by anyway. All these things 
are a detriment not only to the past Benjamin, but the present Benjamin and the future Benjamin if I do not get this nature under control. So now I'm having issues in my marriage because of my unwillingness to do the things to that to do the things which I do not want to do in the aspects of it's too much work. Funny how in the area where it's too much work, I decided to get married, right? That's the one thing everybody say. Marriage is hard work. Marriage is this. Marriage is that. And I decided to do it anyway. Which I am thankful I did. I am not saying I shouldn't have got married. Um, I'm still going to preach marriage and the beauty of marriage and God's will for people to get married from the mountaintops to the day I die. I will not be the man I am today. The improved man from what I was three years ago if it was not for marriage and for the role that Taki has played in my life. So I decided to do it anyway. And here I am now giving somebody else less because of the issues that I never decided to resolve. So now I have a responsibility not only to myself and to God to resolve this issue of not doing uh, what I don't want to do. I have a responsibility to my spouse and to now Aubrey to resolve this issue. So that's the that's the first two things, right? We got... What was the first thing I said? Dang, drawing a blank. I remember it later. But what I just recently said, not wanting to do the extra step, right? Oh, and then the first thing I said was basically diminishing my role to a level that is easier for me to handle and able to justify my lack of selflessness. And what's the third thing, right? So I believe for me, this last thing that hinders my walk is basically a lack of constantly crucifying the flesh on a daily basis. I can honestly say that Am I reading my Bible enough? Am I praying enough? Am I constantly trying to walk intentionally? Not just so happen I'm doing X, Y, and Z, but intentionally trying to stay within the will of God as much as I should be. That is a resounding no. My relationship with Christ is off and on at best, if I could say in the past, uh, I'm trying to become more consistent with reading my word, be more consistent in my prayer life, be more consistent in acknowledging the pitfalls and shortcomings of the flesh and remedying them with spiritual solutions, right? But as I think anybody can testify to, that does not always happen, right? So, that is that is the third thing I said, but I want to stress that that is the thing that is of utmost importance because I am also one that holds to the idea 
of the relational cross, as I should say, uh, your relationship with Christ and your relationship with man can be summed up with the illustration of the cross. I've stated this many times before in previous podcasts, and I will reiterate it again. That vertical relationship, that's the first, first, you know, piece of wood of the cross, the first spoke of the cross, right? That is up and down between you and God. That is the most important relationship that every person that walks this earth must have solidified. If that is bad, everything else will be bad. And I say that because that horizontal relationship between you and man, that post is nailed to the vertical post, the support for the horizontal relationship. That love God and love man, right? You must first love God before you can properly love man. Because if not, you will have an inconsistent at the very least, but a wrong way at the uh, most extreme portion, a wrong way of loving your fellow man. All these issues of selflessness, you know, selfishness and everything else that the Bible tackles in our sin nature, all those things can are overcome best when it comes to making sure that Christ's relationship is strongest. So, in closing, right, today we were talking about selflessness. And I just hope every single person under the sound of my voice do a introspective if I'm even saying that correctly, but look within yourself, look in the mirror and try to tackle the selfishness that lies within you. Right. And I can almost say without a, without a shadow of a doubt, ultimately that selfishness will arise from a lack of a proper relationship with Christ. No, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying, you know, you don't love Christ. What I'm saying, you could dig even deeper in God and probably work out a lot of that selfishness. Or you can just be intentional about working on that part of your sin. Let's say that. For me, I put out all the examples of what I don't do, what I could do, and why I don't do it. And the solution on how to get better. Hopefully this helped. Nice, open, and honest conversation. Maybe we'll do this again. But I leave you with that. People, be better, do better. And uh, stick with God, all right? So, y'all know the outro. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I was not accompanied by my lovely co-host, Takia, and our beautiful daughter, Aubrey. But nonetheless, this still is the Atkins Family Podcast, and I may be accompanied accompanied by Takia next time. But either way, I'll see you next time, folks.